Welcome to the Man Up, Man Down podcast, presented by Volker Baluda and David Pawsey. We discuss the pressures and challenges faced by men approaching middle age that we're often too embarrassed to speak about with our friends. You can find us online at www.manupdown.com. Enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. So here we are for another episode of Man Up, Man Down, and uh, this is a particularly exciting episode. Listeners are probably wondering why I'm so excited. Well, one of the reasons is that we're using a new recording platform, so if you're a fan of bad audio quality, then sorry, bad news, but uh, we've gone up a grade. But the other reason is we've actually got our first guest, which is also very exciting, it's someone that uh, I'm going to let Volker introduce because it is someone he knows. I mean, I know a little bit about him. Sounds like a very interesting story, a very interesting man. But uh, I'll hand over to you, Volker. Matt, I, I hope I can call you Matt, not Matthew, but uh, I, I know you. I think you originally got introduced to me. So I went to leapers.co, I think it was. What I found was a community of freelancers and not necessarily a job board, which was what I expected. And there was a lot of talk about, you know, supporting each other, uh, a lot lot about dogs. We, we just, we recorded an episode, David and I, on, on, on puppy love. And it was just human. And I'm like, there, there's not a lot of spam going on, not a lot of people pitching, you know, the odd person saying, oh, I'm a software developer, you know, I'm looking for work. But that's all fine within the right Slack channel. So it's just a really nice community. And I, I found so many, if I say friends and, you know, people on there, you know, if, if I say... You know, you have a really rough week and you go in on a Sunday and you find people working and they go like, oh, you're here as well. And oh, how's your day? And, you know, who's making coffee? I think you, you said that this week at some point. Oh, I'm making a coffee. Who, who wants a cuppa? And it's just a lovely community. And I think supports the freelance community immensely for, if I say, both work, but then also community. And then if I say perks and, of course, my, my big topic, uh, mental health. So first of all, thank you for, for creating that. I think it's fantastic. Now I'll let you introduce yourself and then we can see what we can talk about in terms of midlife or men's midlife. How does that fit in with, if I say, the, the work or the life you're living as a freelancer, contractor, how you're helping others and, and so on? Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me to speak i'm i'm honored to be the first guest i mean it's, it's always humbling to be invited to these things but to know that i'm the first is wonderful yeah so my name's matthew knight i am chief freelance officer at leapers we're a community that supports the mental health of freelancers and the self-employed and as you rightly put it is a wonderful safe inclusive open space for anybody who is working independently for themselves, thinking about stepping into self-employment, where you can have many of those micro-interactions, which perhaps um, you didn't realise that you would be missing out on when you step out of employment. So things like saying hello in the morning to others or, or putting the kettle on, but also complaining about a client that you're working with or saying, hey, I've just done this. Is it meant to work like this or is it meant to feel like this? When we started the community about five years ago, there were no shortage of places and spaces and wonderful communities focusing on self-employment and entrepreneurship and startups. 
but many of them for me focused on the operational side. What accounting software are you using? How do you set up a domain? What tax bracket do I need to be in? And it felt like there was not a huge amount of conversation around the emotional experience of, of working for yourself because it's a, it's a huge difference and it can be quite isolating. You, you're taking a lot on your own shoulders who do you have to talk to? Who do you have to turn to? Who do you have for wisdom and advice? Or just those, you know, pat on the back, or even the the, the sharing of, of successes as well. This is not just about negatives, but hey, I, I achieved something. The big things, the, the little wins. And that's what Leapers is. It is a community of peer support. And we curate and create resources based upon the topics and themes that come up in that space. And additionally, we work with organizations who work with freelancers to help them work more effectively together. So it's a um, we try and make self-employment more supported and more sustainable. That's our mission. I mean, you've for me, you've picked up on on lots of things that that resonate. I mean, you know, I work for myself and it was, you know, it was quite a while before I sort of made that decision to to go into a co-working space. But Mm. It was exactly those reasons that you've given where, you know, you can spend hours Googling something, whereas yeah. if you're in an office or in an environment where there's other people and, and yeah. you can just ask that question. And yeah, yeah I mean, well, community connection. Yeah, yeah, it is sort of, you know, and I think also it was kind of like, oh, well, can I justify hiring Well, going into, you know, hiring some desk space or, or mm. hot desking? Interesting, and, it, yeah. and it's like, well, it's not actually a business decision. It's, an, you know, an emotional decision, really. I think it is a business decision because that support network, those people that you can turn to, or I think that is a critical part of running a sustainable business. Uh, we talk a lot about mental health in Leapers. That is where we're focusing. But it, I always talk about it as a lowercase m. It's not, you know, the yoga and bananas side of mental health. It's It's all of the things that, influence your mental health if you see mental health as a measurement of actually it's how you're feeling based upon a bunch of influences right of all the stuff that is happening to you your mental health is a reflection of of those things and the way in which you work the support networks which you have your boundaries your your feelings of motivation and confidence all of those things influence your mental health and things like a, a working environment or people to talk to or, or bounce ideas off. So I, I think they are business decisions because when you're working for yourself, everything is, is, is a business. There's nobody else, right? There's kind of, it, it's so intertwined with who you are and how you work to, to good reason and, and to bad, I think, at times. But I think yeah. things like, yeah, can I invest in a co-working space? Is that, does that feel a little bit luxurious? Whereas I would see that as, you know, what's the ROI of that? Does it help me work more effectively? Does it mean that I've connect- connections with collaborators? You know, what, how does that feed back into the business? And as you say, so many people don't feel it's the right thing to do, can't afford it potentially. And even within a co-working space, it doesn't necessarily resolve connections. You can be in a very busy room and not feel connected to any of them. You can still be very isolated. And I think one of the most wonderful things about Leapers is that it's a room of people who who get it, who've been there, who understand it. I'm sure we've all done yeah. this. You know, you kind of turn to a friend and say, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. I've got so much work on. It's just really stressing me out. And their response is something along the lines of, why don't you just take some time off? You're a freelancer. You've got infinite holidays. Like not a helpful response. We know how difficult it yeah. can be to take time off and, and, and rest when you're self-employed. 
Whereas if you turn to me or anybody in the Leapers community, you're going to get an understanding. And I think having a group of people, a network, or just kind of a cohort that that gets it, they've been there, they've done that to a certain extent, or they just understand the journey, even if they don't have the answer, that really is an answer, right? It's just, I get it. And I think that feeling yeah. of, oh, okay, I'm with people who, who understand what it means to be self-employed is hugely reassuring. I, I, I couldn't agree more. When I think there was there, there was one, I think it might have actually been you as well, saying I'm, I'm sitting in a co-working space and how do I go over to someone and actually talk yeah. to them? And yes. I think there were 10 or 15 comments that I didn't read them all, admittingly, saying, oh, yeah, um, I have the same problem, right? I, I always do this or I do that. And, mm. you know, this is a good icebreaker. And we, we've all been there, right? But, but I'm a very outgoing person, right? I'm very, you know, extrovert. But still, if I get into a new environment, I'm like, oh, should I? Can I talk to them? And yeah. it's so open to talk about it. And um, I met someone on Leapers, uh, if I, say, I won't, won't name him. I actually have a call with him after the, the, the recording today, funny enough. Who we, we talked about some business ideas this summer and we met up and, and he went like, oh, Volker, you know, I've got lots of work on. I'm like, oh, yeah, i got lots of work on. He sent me a message last week. He says, Volker, I'm, if this is a sinus curve, I'm at the bottom of this at the moment. Things mm-hmm. just completely change. And I'm like, I'm exactly in the same boat. You know, at the end yeah. of the year, contracts come to an end. There's uncertainty in the market towards 2023. Yeah. Um, so we're catching up and, you know, if it is synergies or just support each other, it's just this, this great environment. So how did you come up with all this? I mean, did you just create that? Because f- finding the right people in a community like that, you know, without getting all the spam and, you know, I'm, I'm in so many other, if I say WhatsApp groups, which are just, mm. you know, relentless. It, I mean, it's been a journey. Leapers is just over five years old as we're recording. So it's, it's November of 2022. Uh, I have to remind me, myself of what the date is at times because time is a, odd concept at the moment but we've been we've been running for five years and I think over that time we've learned what works what doesn't work where to focus where not to focus where to come down hard on people that are not behaving in the way that we want them to be and where to be open and and uh, fluid and let the community take it in the direction they want originally leapers started out um, as a with a much broader conversation around the future of work and people wanting to design how they work it was at a time when the conversation around flexible and remote and uh, part-time and return to work a lot of conversations where organizations were looking at embracing more than just the nine to five monday to friday Um, and at the same time i was um, at the start of a six months notice period without a job to go to. And I was writing a lot about, hey, this world of work is weird, right? Why do we have to stand in the models that have been defined for 100 years? Why do we have things like CVs, which say a list of dates and times you were somebody rather than the value that you add to businesses? I was, I was talking a lot about the need to break down some of the common models that we have in work but I wasn't able to have a conversation with people. I was posting on LinkedIn or Medium, but there's, it's not a conversation. It's a throw something out there and, and get some thumbs up. And I said, actually, this is a really interesting conversation. I want to have it with more people. And I created a Slack channel and invited people to, to join who were also on this journey of redesigning work for themselves. And within a, a matter of months, I mean, two to three months, what was really clear 
was most of the people in that conversation were actually talking about the emotional experience, the words you used earlier, the human experience of designing it for yourselves, of not having a support network, of, of making sure that the way that you're approaching this works and, and being able to ask questions of each other. And I made a, a decision at that point that this could be a space which is about the future of work, a huge, very broad topic, or we could focus in on that human emotional need and the gap. And I was self-employed, um, had been self-employed for my entire career. Many of the people in that space were self-employed. And I just made a very conscious decision. Let's let's create this as a space where people can be open and vulnerable and talk about the experiences they're going through and focus on creating a space to support people who are self-employed, specifically with a focus on mental health. And, and that shift that subtle but really important focus on this is a space that supports people to be open and vulnerable and share how they're feeling, ask for help, admit that they don't have all the answers, uh, sometimes be really open with things that they're struggling, immediately sets a number of parameters or criteria for what you can and can't do in there. That is not a space to have people pitching and marketing to you. That is not a space where you can be saying, hey, look at these amazing things that I do, or a space where you could be posting surveys to gather insights on your new product idea. It's, it's a safe space. It's a space where you can be open and vulnerable and everybody has to respect that. And as a result, we, we drafted a series of, of policy statements, really, which said, look, they're pretty simple. Be nice. Don't sell. Don't only take. Uh, listen more than you speak, perhaps, and, and be mindful of, of what this space is. And we've moderated it over the years with, with those principles in mind, that if there are people who are not being supportive of each other and not acting in the same way, then we have a quiet conversation with them to remind them of why the space exists and what it's for. And nine times out of 10, they're like, sorry, yeah, completely understanding it. I'm new to the space. I didn't get the vibe. I get that. And very fortunately, it's unusual that we have to have those conversations. So yeah. I think it, it comes from a, a, just a dedication and commitment to making sure that people feel safe there and being there every day and having those conversations on the altercations when somebody falls outside of that. A lot of what you mentioned there, I thought, well, that's a great framework for, for society in general, for you know any kind of, of relationship or, or environment. But so obviously mental health was, was a big driving force behind it so you know why why was that two reasons first of all as i say it was a huge gap there was nothing that i could find about mental health in self-employment there was no research into that space there were no resources uh, about taking care of yourself when you're self-employed the amount of content on hustle culture it was just, you know, horrific, you know, uh, do your 40 hour working days or whatever, like that, that whole kind of uh, conversation around push, push, push and, and, and push until you, you win, fake it till you make it, all that kind of stuff. There was, there was a horrible bro masculine performance culture around entrepreneurship, which, which is horrible and leads to people being really unwell and not being able to reach out for help. And that gap, that lack of any resources or support or structure or anything was, well, when people are struggling, where do they turn? 
if you Google, at best you would get ten things to you know be you know feel better or to look after your mental health as a freelancer, and they would generally be written by co-working spaces. So number one was come to a co-working space. And it's like, that's not impartial. That's not helpful. And actually, that isn't the answer nine times out of the ten. Um, I think uh, there were some there were some pieces of research, um, but they were always uh, linked to something someone was selling. So there was a piece of research in the market um, from a self-employed mortgage vendor. So their answers were obviously around, like, you know, financial resilience and, and that, you know, all that kind of stuff. and and um, that's terrifying when you are struggling, when you don't have anybody to talk to, when you do feel you're in a point of need in the crisis and you can't find anything which feels relevant to you, that is terrifying. And I know that because I've been there. And that comes on to the second reason why it was mental health is because I've struggled with poor mental health my, you know, for a good portion of my life, 15, almost 20 years. And when you're in that moment of need, when you're in that point of, I know that I need help and I'm looking for it. It's when you can't find it that that spiral gets even worse because you, you know, I think many people who struggle with mental health recognize how hard it is to ask for help at the best of times. And when you're in the worst of times, it's even harder. So any barriers to helping people access help or being able to share or, uh, just find those little grips to crawl back out of that are a bad thing. Uh, and research we've done over the years have shown that two thirds of the self-employed don't know where to find support for their mental health at work. So it was a combination of there was, there was nothing and my own selfish need <laughs> to have those people around. I thought, well, let's do it. Let's let's find all those people. So actually, Leap is a deeply, deeply selfish uh, project. Well. You know, that's that's one thing about people with mental health issues. They're so selfish, aren't they? But um, <laughs> I don't know, my mental dinger of ding, ding, ding. But um, I mean, hustle culture for a start. Yeah, I, I've beaten myself up so much. I mean, the reason that I'm self-employed and a freelancer is, you know, I'm in a lucky position where my partner's the main breadwinner. But, you know, it was to fit around the children and, yeah. you know, they are getting older. But it was still you know constantly oh well I'm you know that I'm that that contactor sent me an email at eight o'clock at night but I'm not work you know I stopped working at half past two you know so that means that I'm terrible and just and I think the other thing is you know you sort of yeah you do a google and, and often you'll find a lot of of you know finding support in your workplace and it's like well actually absolutely yeah you know that doesn't exist for me yes and interestingly you five years ago, 10 years ago, actually finding support for mental health at work was incredibly difficult. We we weren't on that point uh, on the agenda. And when Deloitte's uh, research in 2017 showed a five to one ROI on every pound that you spend in supporting your employees' mental health at work saves you five pounds in things like uh, sickness and absenteeism and, and, and stress-related productivity issues, suddenly, surprisingly, uh, the world of work woke up to how important it is to look after your people. So there was an influx of content around mental health at work. But as you say, 90% of the advice is not always as relevant to the self-employed. So issues of burnout, for instance, you know, the number one 
suggestion is always to take time off. That is not a useful piece of advice to the self-employed. Um, so yeah, you would find stuff which, oh God, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. This isn't relevant. That isn't relevant. That is, and, and again, that sense of what have I done? I've stepped into that. There's no one who understands it or understands me or like, I can't talk to that sense of loss and disconnection is, is terrifying. Interestingly, I would say that 80% of the recommendations or the advice or the, the tips and techniques or observations that we see for the self-employed are true for anybody uh, when it comes to good mental health. So you know, food, diet, exercise, sleep, the, the core fundamentals, setting good boundaries, communication skills, psychological safety, autonomy, control, all those things are true for all people. They're hun- fundamental human needs. The self-employed, I would say, have an additional set of influences and stresses which employed potentially don't. Things like irregularity of income or a lack of control, uh, oddly. You have one boss when you're employed. You have maybe five or six bosses when you're, when you're self-employed. Uh, a lack of control of your calendar because you have to take those, those projects. Late payments. Uh, constantly varying issues around IR35 and tax implications. You're not just a craftsperson, but now you're marketing and accounting, all these things. So there's a whole bunch of additional things when you're self-employed that have a direct impact on your mental health. And that's the gap, I think, that we try and close in Leapers, but also with our, our partners and our friends to say, these are the things which disproportionately affect your well-being when you are self-employed. These are the things which you can do to try and mitigate some of the issues. And these are some of the things that you can turn to when things do go wrong. And also, talking to employers, these are the things which are hurting the people that you are relying upon for work. Please don't continue to do them. I'm just going to uh, say one more thing. I'll let Volker get some uh, questions in because I feel like I've been monopolizing. No, but no, no, go I mean, ahead. I, I, it also resonates with me. It's just... Uh, I... Yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, well, one of the things I was going to say is, is you know, that just sums it up, though, isn't it? When you put a money value on people's welfare, then then corporations suddenly take notice, which you know is is just oh, you know, what what is wrong with the world for me? But I mean, well, me and Volker pretty much had that conversation on Sunday around you can never enjoy your downtime. Well, so, it, you know, it's like, you, you, yeah, you work hard on a project for a month and then it's like, right, well, you know, when's, where's the next one coming in? And, you know, you have a week off and it's like, well, I'm not working, but that's not a week's holiday. That's a week of stressing. Yeah. And even when you do take a holiday, you know, it's like, what what work am I, you know, missing out on or what am I coming back to? And, but yes, again, as I say, lot, lots resonating there. It can be incredibly hard. But, you know, there are ways of doing it. And I think this is, this is what we try and encourage people to, to think about within Leapers is what I call active awareness of your, of your mental health. It's not just kind of like when things are bad, what am I going to do about it? It's actively thinking about your mental health, actively understanding the things that influence it. So you have an understanding of, of actually, well, these things bother me. These things don't bother me. Therefore, I don't need to worry about that. But these things over here do. Positively and negatively, what are the what are the drainers and what are the energizers? And then what are the things am I going to do about it? The the behavioral changes or the upskilling or whatever it might be. And it's in that last bucket, which is the hardest. Um, 
but starting to kind of, oh, okay, I frequently worry about taking time off because it means that um, I'm worried about where the next project is coming or I'm picking up my emails when I am on holiday, I don't, don't feel rested or blah, blah, blah. Like if that is an issue for you, there are things which you can do uh, and, and do it ahead of your holiday, uh, plan ahead, communicate to your clients, book that time in so you're going to protect it for yourself, collaborate with others so that if somebody needs to be on call that you've got them, work a little bit harder so you've got some money to cover that time. So actually, you're not it's not a loss of income. It's you've kind of caught up. There are things which you can do to to take rest, but it takes time. And I think we you have to unlearn a great deal from being in employment to being self-employed because it doesn't work in the same way. You can't take rest in the same way. You can't switch off from your emails in the same way. You have to unlearn a lot of the habits from work and relearn and redesign. And I think that's where a lot of people get it, kind of fall into the trap of just assuming that it will carry on working in the same way. You have to put effort in and it does take effort and time, but we're so good at deprioritizing our own needs when we're self-employed. And that's really what we're trying to do. It's like, even if it's just 15 minutes a week, put yourself back on the to-do list and, and give yourself that time. The analogy I always use is a laptop. We know that if you don't charge your laptop overnight, you are not going to be able to work tomorrow because the battery will be dead. It's no different to you. If you are not taking that time to recharge and upgrade your own software and invest in you, you are not going to be able to work tomorrow. And you not being able to work is the dangerous thing because you don't have sick leave. So that's fundamentally what this all boils down to. is like, how can we help you be more sustainable? How can you help yourself have a sustainable business? And that means putting you as your company's most important asset right at the heart to take care of yourself. I mean, funnily enough, I was actually listening to a meditation today and it, you know, it sort of talked about the difference between self-compassion and self-indulgence. And, you know, it's talking about, well, self-compassion isn't always the easy thing. So, no. you know, to to kind of, well, and also my daughter's been having a bit of a struggle recently. And, and, and I had to say to her, I said, well, you know, I have to work really hard to keep my mental health in good shape. Yeah. And, you know, and that involves doing things that I don't particularly want to do, you know, so that as in, well, perhaps going into a co-working space when, you know, it's yeah. easy just to to walk from my bedroom to, to my bedroom office. You know, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's something no you do have to, to work on. It? It, like, it takes effort to have this physique. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's no different to, to physical health. You, you have to cook well, sleep well, eat well, exercise. It's the same with mental health. You need to do the work. And, you know, I think it's, you know, the net net is it's a positive, actually. The, the more work you do, the better you feel, the more able you are to do, the less it feels like you're having to do anything, actually. Because generally, the things which benefit us from a mental health perspective are great, wonderful things to do, like spending time with people or eating great food or doing things which you enjoy or switching off from work. They're generally all really positive things. You, you could almost argue that freelancers are in a better mental health position than people that are employed because they're looking after themselves more. They have to almost, they have to be, it's like almost like being a, you know, a, a, a sports person, right? You have to look after yourself to, to perform because if you can't perform, you as a product, right? You as a product, you as a company. And if you can't perform, you don't have an income, which then obviously relates to mental health and everything else as well. 
I, it's a really positive way of thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, the the I would challenge it to a certain extent. In that, oh, please do. Yeah. All, first of all, <laughs> what is a freelancer? What does that mean? I mean, I think yeah. there's no definition of of what that is. And and the self employed, yeah. you know, in the UK, we've got about five billion who are self employed. Uh, ranges everything from builders and electricians and plumbers are all self-employed individuals True. to lawyers to illustrators to copywriters yeah. to consultant you know it's a, it's a really broad definition and you know what influences the mental health of a, a tradesperson very different to what's going to Correct. influence the mental health of uh, you know a white collar worker in the space that I work in for instance um, so first of all I think like freelancers on mass, there's so yeah. much variation in that. The second thing as well is like, you know, different people are in different uh, contexts. And and I think there are some people who are born to be self-employed, are, are brilliant at some of the hustle requirements, because there are hustle requirements, the, yeah. the new business, the marketing, the networking. There are other people who are self-employed, not through choice, but because they weren't able to work in a uh, full-time or permanent role, perhaps they're a carer or perhaps a, a parent or they have uh, physical access issues or, you know, a whole host of reasons why perhaps they can't be in permanent employment, therefore have to be self-employed, in which case, again, you know, that that is not necessarily in their control. And I think on the other side, I think in employees, those in work should have a brilliant support network of their organization looking out for them and and have a team around them and and are invested in things like their mental health and their physical health and their training and their development so i don't it, it's really difficult to to simplify what yeah. i would say is that it's a requirement of the job yeah. uh, you know it's it's a critical and often missing chapter of your business plan if you are self-employed but it is an essential thing in the same way you've got to pay tax Right, you can't escape that. All self-employed individuals probably know tax better than employees because they have to embrace it and understand it. But I think mental health is one of these scenes yeah. as an optional extra. But we're we're probably better at resilience generally as an employment as a as a yeah. workforce. We're probably yeah. better at dealing with things like you know rejection, even though it stings. We have to deal with it on a regular basis. Yeah. And we're probably better at making it for ourselves, at, at forcing things to happen, at going out there and being active um, because no one's offering it to you on a plate. So you, you have to go out and do that. But one question, obviously, if I say in the, in the theme with the podcast, you know, we, we're all middle-aged men. I think, you know, there's probably not much between us in terms of age. I mean, David is obviously the, the youngest, as you know, the listeners unfortunately can't see, but, you know, uh, but does mental health get worse as you get older, you know? And, and I, I, I wonder sometimes if I say with, with, with myself as well, and, mm. you know, my history is like, I've, I've gone through lots of redundancies, decided I go freelance and uh, every now and then say good friend, D David actually said that to me on Sunday. He says, okay, we, we're all human. We can all have a bit of a wobble and, you know, have, have yeah. a bad day. Especially if the if, if the contract work doesn't come in, or you know you you worry too much about too many topics at the same time, and you, you feel overwhelmed, you almost feel burned out. Does it get better over time? As as you know, as you know, I, I say freelancer. You know, I mean, you corrected me rightly. So you know, freelancer is a very wide wide ranging term. Does it get better? Does it get worse with as, as we get older? Should we should we almost seek employment again because it's if I say it's easier, but it's less fulfilling. 
or is it less fulfilling? You know, is it less supportive? It should be more supportive. I mean, there's so many things. You know, if you, if we want to pick them apart, we probably need another forty-five minutes um, at least. But there's so many aspects of you know self-employed versus employed, mm. and what's what's better. Or, or, or maybe, as you say, you know, some people are born for it and, and some don't have the choice. But is one better than the other? Is, is one really more daunting in terms of having having mental health issues? Or is, is there a statistic? Sorry, that last question. Um, <laughs> is there a statistic that says, are, are self-employed people more prone to mental health issues than, than employed people? Okay, so, I mean, there's you a whole load that. of questions in there. I mean, I think Sorry. <laughs> looking at the data, because uh, that's yeah. always a good place to start, and yeah, I'll sure. caveat it with there is very little data in the market about self-employed yeah. individuals and mental health. Looking at various studies from organizations like Ipse or Leapers or uh, a, a number of various platforms, on average, self-employed individuals report net happiness higher than employed individuals, that they are generally happier, more satisfied, more motivated if you are self-employed. But we are talking like 10 to 15% here. It is not okay. dramatic. So net happiness tends to be higher when you're self-employed. I think based upon our data and, and kind of anecdotal evidence as well, that the highs are higher and the lows are lower when you're self-employed. The wins are all yours because you did it on your own and the failures yeah. are all yours because you failed to do it on your own. So that I think, and, and the inconsistency of, of work and income means that the peaks are higher and the troughs are lower, which if you are more inclined to struggle with mental health issues, that exacerbates underlying issues or it can, it can make you struggle a little bit. Correlation between mental health issues and self-employment is a super interesting one because you've got to be really careful of correlation and causation. A lot of people yeah. move into self-employment because they have existing mental health issues or challenges okay. or and and the previous way that they were working was not compatible with that so you do see people coming into self-employment because they feel that it's going to be a more supportive or more flexible or you know a, a, a more appropriate way of working so there is a higher correlation this is so much more true in the creative industries. There was a study a couple of years ago in, in Australia which showed a really high proportion uh, relationship between uh, mental health uh, challenges, diagnosed mental health cha challenges and the creative industries and self-employment. This, this overlap of self-employed creatives have much higher incidences and we're talking like 30, 40 times higher incidences of uh, death by suicide and uh, significant mental health diagnosed conditions they didn't go into the correlation causation thing but a lot of the conversation around it was that people find themselves in some of these industries and these ways of working because of the underlying challenges so if somebody may perhaps have adhd and their brain is going 10 to dozen perhaps they are attracted to the creative industries like oh, bang, bang 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 ideas 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 as opposed to project management, let's say, yeah. oversimplifying, obviously. Or if somebody has a, a condition where they are not able to be in a physical workplace, a noisy physical environment for eight hours a day, then they might find self-employment or remote working much easier for them. Therefore, there's a higher correlation. So it's really difficult to unpack. Um, what I would say, though, is that, uh, you know, everybody has mental health, right? 
and uh, however you are working, if you are lacking the support structures or the investment in taking care of yourself, your mental health is going to get worse. If those support structures are in place, then it is going to be better. And there are employers who are brilliant and there are self-employed who are terrible at it. So everything is on that spectrum. I don't think we can afford to get away with any more seeing mental health as an optional consideration. It has to be up there with physical health and health and safety in all forms of workplaces. So it's hard. But coming back to getting older, and I think especially for men, I think it does get harder for men as you get older because the strength of the number of the connections which you have dwindles over over the years. The we know the challenges that many men have with being open and vulnerable. There's no shortage of data at the moment on isolation being a, a you know, kind of massive issue in the UK anyway. But then you look at some of the rates of, of death by suicide in for men under forty, and and challenges around friendship and close friendships and, and connections. And I think men as they reach this point in their life, you know, if they're if they have families and partners and children and, and uh, you know, sometimes their sense of identity can start to, to dwindle a little bit and their connection and their support networks can dwindle a little bit. And I think it can be a lot harder. And that obviously takes its toll on, on mental health. So I think we're seeing that played out in a, in a lot of a lot of groups at the moment that it can feel much, much harder when things are harder. And if you don't have that support network, then that can lead to disastrous consequences for for many men, certainly at this age. I mean, again, you've you've touched on quite a few sort of things there that really resonated. I mean, you know, I sort of said about well, I sort of went freelance because of the children, but and and it's all almost sort of something that I now reflect on more rather than perhaps it being a conscious sort of decision. But yeah, but yeah I, you know, I, I struggled with the workplace, you know, the, the nine to five, the, the rigid structure. And, you know, I'm sort of now starting to learn that there are sort of neurodiversity reasons behind that. Sort of going back to what Volker said about, you know, are, are employees happier or, or self-employed people happier? I mean, I think it comes down to, to you know the client well who you're working with and that that doesn't really you know if you can be employed and work for a shit employer and you can be self-employed and uh, have a a shit client and you know I've had both and and funnily enough I was speaking to one of my clients yesterday and and I well mentioned something that you'd posted on LinkedIn Matt which Matthew sorry which was you posted on World Mental Health Day about sorry it was the day after um, you you sort of posted about oh you know I've seen lots of of organisations posting but don't forget the freelancers and I read that and I'm like oh well I had my my sort of fortnightly check in with my client and you know they and when I say that that's not have you done the work that was just how are you doing then when I saw your post I've now said to the client I might actually write if if they're happy write a piece of content for them sort of talking about because they've got a um, great place to work certification and you know I I was like well I'd be happy to write a bit of content on not only is it a great place to work for employees but as a freelancer it's you know they really sort of respect well it's like an open door policy in their office they're like you can come in whenever you want we don't expect you just to be working on 
us. You know, you could be in there and have calls with other clients, mm-hmm. but at the same time, don't feel you've got to come into the office. And whereas, you know, I've had clients where I've had to leave co-working spaces because just because I was in the same office as them, yeah. they they treated me like a full-time employee. So it was like, I've got to stay away from that place to get yeah. to do work for my other clients. But I'm um, hoping that we get to a point where we treat, and I hate the word worker, but it's a useful term, where we treat all workers in the same way in terms of respect and support and you know checking in how you are and working with them regardless of their employment contract. I think the world of work is going to be more fluid and people will move from self-employment to employment to long-term contracts, short-term contracts. I think there's going to be so much more of a diversity of the types of engagement and employment. And it gets too complicated to say, oh, we treat this group in this way or this group in that way. And, oh, you have an exception. That gets really complicated. Rather than just saying, let's be respectful and supportive and build positive relationships with the people that we work with so that we can do our best work together. So the individual is supported to be happy and healthy and motivated and deliver on our needs as a business and we get the best work from them. It's like, that's the, that's the deal, right? When you're working with somebody, it's like, I'm asking you to do this, you're doing this for my benefit and it's shared benefit. And that requires shared respect. And I don't think it matters what it says on the contract, whether they are an owned employee or a freelancer or a contractor or a gig worker. It's like, they're a human, coming back to that word. And that respect and support is what anybody is looking for when they're doing their best work. That's, if I say that there's the time is up, there's almost like a great ending, although I have to add a comment to that because if I say again, it so resonates with, us, uh, with, with, with me and I think with, with David as well, because I, I've, I've done the transition from full-time to, to, to self-employed and I'm, I'm actually now time of recording thinking would it be better for me to go back into employment and it's mm-hmm. not about security it's 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 more about certain tick boxes i need in order to do my self-employment work if i say at a higher level in in the yeah. future yeah so it's almost like that and, and and i totally can see that how in in the future it will be more fluent how you pick your work and it shouldn't matter whether it's pay ye ir35 you know contract or however you you employed um but i think we have a long way to come to to make it easy because yeah. which which every self-employed person will appreciate because we, we're looking at you know you have to have your own pension set up yeah. you know then you have to consolidate pension there, there's you know accountancy tax etc and we're, we're, we're far from that but yeah we, at, at the end of the day we're, we're all humans we are far from it and it's going to get more complicated than more simple Um, But I think that complexity is a reflection of reality. Um, You know, you can't put people into neat little boxes. That's the factory model of 100 years ago. And we know that that is not a good thing. And complexity shows that actually we're a bit more reflective of the diversity of people's needs and ways of working and their requirements. And it's a great thing because it's that diversity and complexity which makes the world so interesting. And people react to complexity and try and simplify it because it's like, oh God, we need to just, you need to be A, B or C because that makes it easier. And I think we don't necessarily need easier. We need support. Yeah. And, and coming back to our own mental health, you know, it takes work. 
it's hard. And and we just have to admit that actually sometimes things are not optimal and they are going to be messy, but we have to lean into it because the results and the rewards of taking that time benefit everybody. So uh, yeah, it adds something to the to-do list, but I think that the return on that investment in, in time is so much outweighs the time that you actually have to invest. I think we might have to have Matthew on again at some point because... Uh... Yeah, I think I could go on for yeah. hours. And, um, well, I'm glad that we uh, booted Richard Branson off to get Matthew on as our first guest. So uh, <laughs> we made the right choice there. Like, yeah, not, not happy with the situation, but that's fine. Thank you so much. I mean, it's been such yeah. a great conversation. I, I, as you can tell, probably tell, I kind of, I, I, I'm very passionate about this. And I think it's really important that we all keep having these conversations because, as you say, we are a long way away from where uh, ideal should be or what it, what that looks like. And, and every podcast episode, every article, every person who raises their hand and says, this is difficult, every person who raises their hand and says, how can I help? It moves us towards that. Um, so I think, you know, normalizing conversations around mental health, it should be as normal as saying, I went to the gym yesterday and my legs are too wobbly. Can I sit down? So I think yeah. every, every episode helps. So thank you guys. Well, thank you. And if people want to find out more about you and, and Leapus, how, how do they get in touch? How do they join Leapus? They can visit the website at www.leapus.co, as in short for community. Uh, it's completely free to join up. Uh, just drop your email address and we'll send you an invite to the community. Or there are a whole load of resources and guides there if you want to browse. And that's the best place to come and say hello to me. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Feel free to reach out to Volker or David via our website, www.manupdown.com or podcast at manupdown.com with any feedback or to let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Hear you again soon.